Greetings listeners and welcome to this episode of Out of the Darkness. I'm your host Angela and as always I thank you for joining me. In this episode we will continue to hear some tales from deep within haunted woods. Before we begin though we'd like to give a huge shout out to our supporters. We really appreciate all of your support. We now have a new website and you can check us out at daparanormal.com and see all the exciting things we have to offer. Check out the notes section for a special code. If you'd like to support our podcast, you can also do so at buymeacoffee.com. And now, without further ado, part two of Haunted Woods. Sit back, relax, and prepare for some very creepy tales. I'm from Newfoundland, Canada. When I was around 10 or 11, my sister and I were ferry-led away while camping in Loxton Park, Provincial Park, out near a place called Port Rexton in the mid-1980s. We had pulled into the campground on an afternoon in July at about 2.30. The park was strangely empty. We saw no other occupied sites as we drove through the park, and I remember my parents remarking on it, but it was a Friday, so we figured the weekend campers just hadn't arrived yet. Anyway, we picked a site and my parents were setting up when my sister asked if she and I could go check out the little beach area, which was supposed to be a shortish walk through the woods. Our mum said yes, but told us to be back in two hours. We found the sign pointing us to the beach trail and headed down the path. It was a steep trail through Birch Forest and almost immediately things felt off. It was weirdly quiet, almost muffled. No birds were calling No wind was blowing through the trees, just a thick, velvety silence. I also noticed that there were strange-looking ferns growing thickly along the path all around us. Ferns are a common sight in the Newfoundland woods, but these were different, bright, almost luminous green, and unusually tall. Some were as tall as I was, and I couldn't shake the feeling that there were people or animals hidden in them, watching us as we passed. When we set out, it was a bright and lovely afternoon, but as we walked down the wooded path, a low-lying fog started to form, beginning with tendrils swelling around our feet, gradually closing around us as we descended towards the water. It did nothing to relieve the eerie feeling that I was desperately trying to ignore. Finally, we reached a steep set of wooden stairs and emerged onto a small, foggy beach. With the woods behind and above us, it felt very closed in, and I started wishing that we were safely back at the trailer. My sister gasped beside me, and I turned to see what had startled her. There, standing at the other end of the beach, and only partly visible through the mist, was a man, standing completely still and gazing silently over the water. My sister called out a friendly hello, but he stayed perfectly still and didn't seem to hear us. I started to feel nervous and talked my sister into heading back to our campsite. And this is where it gets a bit fuzzy. I don't remember leaving the beach, but the next thing I know we were on a wide, unfamiliar dirt road. It seemed like no time had passed, but I was tired and my legs felt like I'd been walking for a really long time. 
The sun was also pretty low in the sky, which was strange because we'd been gone for less than an hour. I felt disoriented and had no idea where we were, and I started to panic a bit, thinking we were lost. My sister immediately went into protective older sibling mode and said not to worry and that she thought she knew the way. We headed off down the road in the directions she suggested and must have walked for about 45 minutes or so when we finally emerged into the campground not far from our campsite. It was now almost completely dark and we ran into our trailer to find our dad fretting and asking where we had been. Although we believed we'd been gone for less than two hours, my dad said we had been gone for more than five. He said that our mum had headed to the beach to look for us while he'd stayed to wait at the campsite. As full-on darkness set in, our dad became increasingly worried that she had not returned with us. He was just putting on his coat and grabbing a flashlight when our mum came bursting back into the trailer, saying that she hadn't found us. She was amazed when she saw us, She'd been up and down that trail twice and had not seen us go past. We all ate a quick supper and headed to bed and left first thing the following morning. Although my family spent years camping all over Newfoundland, that was the only time we ever stayed at Loxton Path. Although none of us had ever put much stock in the Newfoundland fairy legends, we couldn't help but feel that we had had a lucky escape that day. I've been hesitant to write this because I'm not sure how well it fits with other stories. This was in Canada and in a relatively small conservation area near my parents' house. It was three years ago. I had just finished my college program and moved back home with my parents while I looked for a job in my field. My parents have a Springer Spaniel who I would take on long hikes through the conservation area that backed onto their house. The area has lots of trails most are small and stick to the less dense forest. But I, being familiar with the trails from having grown up so close to them, don't follow the markers and instead usually just head over a little bridge into the deeper woods. Since I would rarely run into other people past the bridge and my dog is well trained, I would let her off the leash. I usually listen to a podcast and alternated running and walking to get some exercise. I never felt scared in those woods. There were some coyote sightings, but they were rare, no bears, and definitely no big cats. This day started like any other. I took the dog through the sparse forest and reached the bridge to cross into the deeper forest. I have no idea why, but as soon as I crossed the bridge, I felt a heaviness in the air. I felt nervous, and I had to take my headphones out because I felt unsafe with them in. We walked our normal route, and the unsettling feeling only escalated. Maybe unrelated, but we saw a dead raccoon laying in the trail, a sight I had never seen before in the usually well-kept trail. Something about it seemed wrong, and I'm not sure why it was covered in maggots and looked like something out of a horror movie. We kept walking until we reached an area of the forest that a field of very tall grass with the trail cut through. You can't see a foot into the grass, it's so tall and dense. We were walking until my dog suddenly stopped, and started growling, staring at the tall grass beside us. My dog never growls. She's the sweetest girl ever. Instantly, I was scared and stopped walking. I decided to click the leash back on her just in case I had to run. She kept growling while I stayed silent, frozen, and listening. Suddenly, I heard what sounded like a human walking through the grass towards me. It sounded big, and I could hear distinctly the sound of human footsteps. 
There was no reason a person would be standing in the tall grass that deep in the woods. The sounds of the footsteps broke my frozen state, and I suddenly booked it back the way we came. The dog seemed in agreement and ran with me. I didn't look back until we were over the bridge. When I did, there was nothing chasing us. I didn't go back in for a while. I was too creeped out. When I finally did, I couldn't have headphones in anymore. I don't know what happened that day, but I haven't ever felt that kind of dread that I felt that day. This story pertains to a terrifying experience I had camping in the North Woods and may have similarities with the Sierra camp sounds of the missing 411 videos. To begin, I spent two and a half years in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where I attended and finished my degree at Northern Michigan University. The area is spectacular and includes miles and miles of sprawling mixed forest. It is truly the ideal wilderness compared to many areas of the Midwest. During my time there, I had hiked alone many, many times, usually never feeling anything strange. The only instance I can account is when I sat on a log to take a break while hiking on a trail about 13 miles out of town, and the forest fell to a dead quiet. I mean, it has to be one of the most unnatural feelings ever. Very odd, but that is not what I'm here to explain. My girlfriend and I had decided to go camping at a nearby state park, Van Ripper State Park. If you look this place up, you can see it is heavily forested for many miles around the park. It is not likely that some people would come down here and play pranks or make noises in the middle of the night. I just wanted to make that clear. So at 3am, while we were asleep in our tent, the most unearthly, ape-like or even demonic sound came from what sounded like 20 yards from the tent. I am an incredibly light sleeper, always have been. I shot up in absolute fear. The sound was unlike anything I've ever heard from an animal or human for that matter. It was so loud I could not believe my girlfriend didn't wake up or other people at nearby campsites. The strangest thing about this was, whatever it was, it did not appear to make footstep sounds. Nothing. It was like that demonic growl or howl and then there was nothing. I laid there frozen in my sleeping bag. I beat myself up over not jumping out of the tent to finally see what could be pursuing people in the wild. But when something like that happens to you, you're frozen. I'm an individual that has been trained to think scientifically, to not jump to conclusions before doing proper research. And I tell you this, no moose, no bear, no large animal that is native to those woods would emit such a sound. The sound still haunts me to this day. I mentioned in the beginning that I thought I could make a connection. If you guys watched Missing 411 The Hunted, I'm sure you are aware of the audio tapes from the Sierra Camp, which was recorded back in the 1970s. If you listen closely to the end of that clip, there is what appears to be a metallic clanking sound, which I don't believe came from the gentleman recording. A couple of months back, I listened to a podcast titled Almost Missing in the Wilderness. It is done by Paranormal Mysteries. There was a story about a girl who was hiking with her dog and explained how she became startled by this metallic sound after feeling they were being pursued. The narrator states that she described it as a hammer hitting a tin wall. When I heard this, my stomach dropped. 
In the audio clip in the latest 411 movie, you can clearly hear this sound. I am beginning to think more and more dots can be connected. I apologise for the length, but I urge anyone to check out that recording, as well as listen to the podcast and draw your own conclusion. As always, be safe out there, bring a hiking buddy, tell people where you're going, remember to have fun and enjoy the natural beauty we are blessed to have. The following happened in a nearby woods when I was in 7th or 8th grade in the late, in the late 1980s. But to this day, I have no idea what it was or why it happened. I'll preface this story by saying that although I was fairly young when it took place, I had literally grown up in the middle of a forest and spent just about every free moment out among the trees. I had never had any fear of nature, and by the time I was in middle school, I was already a pretty competent hunter and tracker and could identify just about any animal by its tracks, sound, or scat. I'd had close-up encounters with groundhogs, raccoons, deers, even coyotes and horned owls, which is why whatever my friend and I encountered that day confuses me. I was at my friend R's house, also a burgeoning outdoorsman. One afternoon we decided to walk to a small woods maybe a quarter of a mile from his house, just to check it out. I think it must have been late fall or early spring because the trees were bare. The ground was muddy and it was chilly outside. We weren't looking for anything, it was just something to do. So we walk over, enter the woods and just start kind of wandering around and talking, looking at the trees and the occasional bits of trash people leave behind. Eventually we wander apart from each other, maybe 30 yards. There's not much overgrowth so we can still see each other. It was about this time that I started getting that being watched feeling. A second later, out of the corner of my eye, I catch a glimpse of a white flash four or five feet off the ground. It seemed to come from or dodge behind one of the trees. It wasn't light exactly, more like a very white object of undefinable shape or size. I looked around for a minute but never did see anything else and figured it was just my eyes playing tricks on me, so I went back to exploring. And then it happened again and still I couldn't see anything when I looked around more directly. After a few seconds, the flash or white object seemed to appear and disappear among the trees in different directions. One time it would be off to my left, and then a few seconds later it would be to my right, or just behind me. I was a little freaked out, but mostly just curious as to what was happening. This went on for maybe three or four minutes. Right about then, I noticed that R was standing next to me, looking pale and shaken. I think we should go back, he said. Now I have to admit, I was a little disappointed. But I had never seen him look or act quite that way before. Usually, the kid wasn't afraid of anything and was a little bit of a troublemaker. So we trudged out of the woods and backed onto the little gravel road that ran to it and headed back to his house. He didn't say anything the whole way back. When we finally got to his house, we went to get a snack, and as we were standing in the kitchen, I just briefly asked him, So, out there, did you see some kind of white thing? Because I kept... Almost immediately, he cut me off. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Again, it was a re response that was very out of character for my normally tough-talking friend, so I dropped it. I still see him occasionally, but we've never talked about that day again. 
and in decades of rambling around every sort of woods I can find, I've never encountered anything like that again. Nothing has ever felt or looked like that. Not birds, bears, mountain lions, or anything else. I've held this story in for the last six years because it sounds crazy and I was told not to talk about it. I went camping six years ago with a now ex-boyfriend of mine. The campsite we picked was beautiful. We were able to drive in through some rough trails. The spot we picked was next to some hiking trails that weren't very far from some natural hot springs and a huge waterfall. We were in the middle of nowhere. Absolutely no one was around. We set up camp next to the car, went hiking, soaked in the hot springs, came back and made dinner. It was all very normal until we woke up the next day. I need to give some context as to how we slept that night so that you can understand my confusion. Before we went to sleep, I put our food cooler and a stereo that we had brought with us into the car and locked it. I then put the keys in the front pocket of my backpack and put the backpack next to my sleeping bag on the far side of the tent away from the door. My boyfriend at the time slept closest to the door of the tent with a gun next to him. We woke up the next morning and I felt fine. I had slept really hard and from the inside of the tent everything appeared normal. When we got out, our campsite was absolute chaos. The fire pit we had made was ruined, the cooler had been thrown and food scattered all over the place. Our stereo was smashed to pieces laying next to a tree. All of the car doors were open, including the trunk. We stood there for a minute in silence, taking everything in. The woods felt off now. It was quiet and not the beautiful campsite that I saw yesterday. Everything about those woods felt wrong now. My ex accused me of not locking the car the night before and that an animal had got into our stuff. I promised that I had locked it and went into the tent to grab the keys from my backpack, but they weren't there. I found them later on the ground right next to the car. We quickly threw everything in the trunk and left. My boyfriend was very quiet and wouldn't talk to me about what had happened. He finally spoke up when we were almost home and told me that he had had a dream the night before that something had been kneeling over him in the tent, holding his gun and just staring at him. When I tried to ask him more questions, he got quiet again and said he didn't want to talk about it and that I shouldn't ever talk about it either. I've tried to forget that night, but I just can't. Something really wrong happened to us in those woods that night. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Out of the Darkness and everyone here at DNA Paranormal Services would like to thank you for joining us. Remember to follow us if you haven't already so you don't miss out on any future episodes and share us with your friends if they enjoy the paranormal as well. If you have any paranormal experiences you'd like to share with us, you can find our contact details in the notes section of this podcast. We'd like to thank you again for joining us and until next time everybody, stay safe.